What is up, all my ex-drinking buddies? Brennan here. Just wanted to get in on the top of the show, say thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everyone who came out to the Going Away shows, the Farewell to Florida tour, officially over, putting it in the rear view. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review um, wherever you get your podcast. That really helps us out. Also, if you want to really support the show, you can subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Brennan Tassif. Check out the merch store, brennantcomedy.com forward slash merch store. I know you're going to love this episode this week. Return of a favorite, Daisy Tackett, Tackett Tuesday, Tackett Attack. Can't thank you all enough for all your support. Let's get going. Grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex-drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex-drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex-drinking buddy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you are new to the show, give you a quick rundown of the show. So I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy, party animal, you name it. Doing a lot of drugs, getting in a lot of trouble, drinking all the booze. Now I am sober, but it is still one of my favorite things to do, to hang out with a friend and reminisce about those old days. Be it drinking, drugs, parties, getting in trouble, cops, all sorts of fun stuff. I will always be joined by a guest. This week is no different. I am joined by the return of Jacksonville's number one comedian, as according to the 904, Daisy Tackett. Hello. I'm excited to be here. What was it? Best in the 904 by yeah, Void Magazine? It was, yeah, number one in the 904, Void Magazine. They just printed my name in it. No pictures or anything. Just Boom. Number one, but baby. It counts, but it counts. It totally counts. Plug everything up front. Uh, your Twitter <laughs> handle. You can follow me on every social media. I've got TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and the handle is at Fat Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so at Fat Steve Buscemi on any social network, and you'll find me. Boom. I love it. At Fat Steve Buscemi. Yeah. So, Daisy, I'm very excited to have you on. Um, because I am moving to New York City, as the listeners know. Farewell to Florida tour is fully underway. Actually, almost over. Almost Only over. One date left. If you're hearing this on Patreon when it comes out, and if you are a regular subscriber, the tour is over. Back to my shithead regular job, and then yeah. uh, the move coming up. So thank you to everyone who did come out for the tour, and fuck all of you who promised you would and then <laughs> did not. Um, but... You did, uh, we talked about it last time you were on the show. You did live in New York City. You went to yes. NYU. Yes. So I wanted, I because thought. Because I did not get into Columbia. Okay. You applied to Columbia? Yeah. Okay. Did you <laughs> tell me that last time? <laughs> no, I don't oh. think so. <laughs> but I did, apropos to the move and everything, and me just getting back from the city uh, yesterday, I wanted to have you on. Um, we're going to get into a couple of stories and everything, but I did want to get your experience just as a person living in New York City that's not from New York City. Because what I noticed is, and we were talking about this before we came on, but the idea of moving to New York is super romantic and fun. And there's a lot of energy that comes with that. 
even going up there to visit thinking like, oh, one day I'm going to live here. Like, yeah. That's cool. But now that process of actually trying to move up there has turned it, turned this whole experience into a hellscape of epic proportion. It's it's a trap. I mean, it's <laughs> it's like it's fun it's to go. Trap. It's a trap. <laughs> it's Sorry, a trap. Star Wars. It's it's fun to go and visit for a couple of weeks, even like two or three weeks. An extended visit yeah. is like super fun. Um, and then when you move there, you're like, I have no money. Everything is expensive. Like, for example, I went and visited. I had a great time. I was like, this is it. I'm moving. That's exactly what happened to me. I'm so excited. And then I get there. And on my first day of classes, I went and got a bagel and sat in Washington Square Park. And I was like, look at me. I'm so hip and cool. And then I look over and there's like two homeless guys like masturbating in front of each other. And it's like seven in the morning. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, I guess. There we go. And then two days later, I saw my first super rat. So okay. it's like a bunch of rats with their tails tied together in like a rat swarm. Oh, my God. A rat king, if you will. Um, <laughs> or a queen. Yeah. I believe the preferred nomenclature is rat king. Um, but yeah, then you're kind of like, oh, this, it smells bad. and Yeah. Well, I want to get into, so everyone listening, relax. We'll get to some crazy stories a little later. But this is interesting to me and to anyone listening who I know I've got some listeners in certain parts of the country where I've been, where I lived, and everyone's like, you're from Florida. That's so cool. And I'm like, you can move. Like, You don't have to stay here. <laughs> right. And that's something I always tell to everybody because I'm from Florida, so I could always come back. Like, There was always a place for me to rest my head. Like, There was always a place like my mom's house or my dad. There was always somewhere where I could store my shit. There was always something to come back to. But now moving to the New York City where I don't know anybody – like Savannah and I are going up there pretty much blind. Like I did just go up there to and viewed God and a God awful amount of apartments and all of which had glaring holes. Mm-hmm. Either they're up a five story walk up or they're not near a subway or they don't allow pets or there's this or there, there's always something really wrong. Yeah. And what I what I noticed is, oh, maybe it's not as much fun uprooting your entire life and going somewhere. So I wanted to know. Like that whole, so you said you visited New York and you're like, this is where I want to be. I want to go to school in New York. Columbia said no. So you said, all right, NYU, why not? What did you, how did that whole process go? Just if you want to summarize it from, because you're originally from the South. Yeah, I'm originally from Texas. Um, But we've moved, I mean, I've moved personally probably 20 times in my life. Um but, you know, I mean, my dad's moved like 50 times. Um, so moving was never weird. Like that part of it wasn't weird for me. Like the idea of uprooting and going to a whole new city. It's like, okay, that's. that's not, That was standard for you. That's par for the course. Um, but what I definitely, there was definitely a little bit of a culture shock. You know, I think um, people say this all the time and it's really true. But people in New York are, they're not nice, but they are kind. Yeah. So, you know, like one example of that, you know, I was walking my dog Marv. He slips out of his harness. We're on second and second. He's sprinting around. And like everyone, it was like the first warm day of the spring. Everyone's out. Everyone drops what they're doing. They like block cars on the road. They're trying to get my dog. They're like feeding him chips from the cafe on the corner. Like they're trying to like corral my dog for me. Yeah. And like people are picking up my purse and like my stuff that flew everywhere. And like that's like a very kind thing to do. But then they're all doing it with kind of this like fuck you attitude yeah, on their get face. The fuck is, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, get it together, bitch. That's but what here's I noticed too is that 
I always because whenever I have guests in the restaurant that come in that are from up north, I'm always like, God, they're not they're not rude, but they're not they're not polite. Yeah, either. they're not like that fake syrupy yeah, friendly. Exactly. Yeah. So in the southern hospitality, it's a very real thing, and I never noticed it because. I grew up in Florida my whole life, so I've always kind of been around that genuine, like, hey, how y'all doing? Yeah, what's mine is yours. Welcome in. Like, how you doing? And then when I would have guests from up north or when I'd go to visit New York, like I like I was telling you the story about how I went into the wrong building and the doorman was just like, nope. <laughs> Get out. And I, well, wrong. You're he, wrong. Yeah, I was, <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm here to view an apartment. He goes, not in this building, you're not. And I looked disheveled and, you know, I was on my way to the airport. So, but again, he wasn't, it wasn't like mean, but he was also just very direct. It's also like, couldn't you have been a touch nicer? Exactly. But it's, that's, that's that weird thing. Whereas if someone said like, okay, on paper list, how he was mean. And it's like, well, I mean, I guess he wasn't mean. He was stern, but he wasn't like a dick. But, right. But you're, it's, I don't, yeah, it's just weird. I mean, but I guess that's like par for the, like you said, like up North, just that's just how course. people are yeah. where like, if you flick your cigarette, butt out, I learned this from personal experience. If you just flick your cigarette, butt out onto the sidewalk, people will go like, Hey man, like, come on, not in my city. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, huh? And it was, so I'm just like, Oh, these people like give a shit about like their home, mm-hmm. obviously. But it's not like one of those bubbly atmospheric type things. Yeah. Which is a, a culture shock, I guess, to say the least, always being around people who try to do everything they can to make sure you're comfortable. Like they don't, they don't give a shit. So I didn't know as a, you know, a college aged person, you said moving was something you guys were used to that. You had no problem with that. But after you went to visit and you're like, here, I'm going, I'm going. And then, you know, you get up there. What was the process of just like getting your stuff up there? Did you load up a car? Did you like get a moving company? Like, So I actually. Because these are logistical things people don't even think about until yeah. you're looking at an apartment and you go, how the fuck am I going to get my stuff? Not only up to New York, but then up these stairs. Right. So my first move, I was there. I was in a dorm there. Okay. So I didn't have to bring any like furniture so my dad and I loaded up like four suitcases with my stuff and just brought it and then I went and studied abroad in in Germany for the first half of senior year and when I came back I subletted an apartment so I didn't have to get any furniture Um, but I we had a friend who lives in New Jersey and I stored all my stuff in their garage okay basically Um, and then I brought it got it back and I had to like you know, drive a minivan uh, through the Hudson Tunnel. <laughs> that sounds miserable. During like a horrible, horrible. Sn- it was during that. There was like this horrible blizzard. Yeah, I remember. Uh, in 2018, yeah. and it was during that um, to get all my stuff out of a a, a barn in New Jersey, essentially. Um, but you know, I since I was only on the second floor, it wasn't like that bad to carry stuff up. Um, there were some melodramatics with one of my parents um, carrying things up the stairs. I'm going to take a guess on who that is. <laughs> um, but it ended up being, you know, once I was settled, it was it was pretty cool. Um, on Taking everything back, that was, that was the nightmare for me. So when I graduated, you know, I had gotten a job with a campaign in New Jersey, um, and I was going to try to stay in the apartment for a couple more months and then try to find something maybe in New Jersey after. But then, you know, it was my grandmother had Alzheimer's and it was like, we kind of need you to come home because like we don't know how much longer and we need you to help. And 
I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to do this unpaid internship and pay a, a ton of money to live in this apartment. Yeah. So we loaded up a minivan of stuff and drove it home from New York to Jacksonville. Oh, God. And then my grandma died two days later. <laughs> you got there just in time. So just in time. Um, and then I ended up spending that whole summer like doing coaching gigs and um, helping prep for the estate sale and stuff. Yeah. But I didn't even unpack the stuff from college until maybe a year ago. Okay. So it obviously just sat in boxes. It just sat in boxes. Cause I was like, I'm going to leave. Yeah. I'm going to go back to New York. This, and <laughs> this might sound incredibly morbid, but don't you hate it when the timing works out like that? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely the right decision. Um, I mean, it's, it's the right decision to come back, but then after two days, you're kind of like, well, glad I canceled every plan that I had <laughs> every, for 48 yeah. hours. Yeah. Um, I think about that all the time. Like when something happens, I'm always like, is it like, what, what's really going to like, what's happening? Right. It was, it was definitely, and it was just stressful because, you know, my whole family was here and we all moved to Jacksonville in the first place to take care of her. So it was, um, you know, it was just kind of a, there was just weird energy in the air. Um, but yeah, I mean, my pro tip for moving now, we have so many plastic storage bins because we move so much. I don't even use cardboard boxes. We just use the plastic storage bins. Plastic storage bins. Okay, I'm gonna have to write that down. With lids, it's so easy to move. Because then you can just stack them all super easy. Yeah, that's my big uh, issue now. Is I mean, you've seen my house. It's our house. It's it's not small. Um, and I'm not like being braggadocious, but it's like a standard three bedroom, two bathroom yeah. house um, that we rent. And so our rent's going to be about $800 more a month, which is awesome for yeah. like a quarter of the space. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of right now moving, right? Like my parents' house is two, I'm trying, I can't, it's like four bedrooms, four bathrooms, five bedrooms. Wow. It's like a, you know, 3,000 square foot house. And then I'm trying to pack all of my stuff and then some of my dad's stuff into my 957 square foot your new house <laughs> two bedroom two beds one bath yeah. uh house with no shed yet so it's been fun yeah it was um just it's weird i was thinking about it today actually because i knew you were going to come over and i honestly i said this earlier to savannah i was like i this is just i understand now why people don't leave like I would say it with a smug ass look on my face and my nose in the air, like oh, you guys can just leave Oklahoma City. Like you don't have to live here. Yeah. And now I'm like, you fucking ignorant <laughs> slut. Well, okay, I don't know if you remember this when we were at CBD a couple weeks ago, and like a bunch of bitches from high school walked in. Yeah. And I, we were talking outside, and I was like, Ugh, what is this, a high school reunion or something? And then just some bitch I didn't know was sitting there, and she's like. Well, that's what happens when you don't leave your hometown. Wow. And I, but like she said it in a way where it's like obviously, and I, a lot of male comics do this too, where they try to be like overly jocular or like they're kind of ragging on me because they think that we're friends or like that's how we're going to build a friendship. And I literally just turned to her and I gave her this look and then you went inside because I think you were like, there's conflict. Uh, and then she was like, well, you know, I'm just, you know, you should move. And it's like, I just bought a house here. 
And I look at her and I just go, you're rude. you've moved all over the country you, you yeah know, you went to kansas you went to nyu you studied abroad like yeah well and her being like oh that's why you have to leave your hometown it's like i'm not in my hometown you lived in dallas yeah you're from texas originally i, I used to live in alabama I've, yeah. I've lived in you know so many different places um that just pissed me off yeah i, really I could Im- i could imagine and that's the thing too is so like like I said, like I just thought, like you can just pick up and leave. And when I was single, or you know, when I was drinking and using and stuff, like I could take a duffel. Like there's six now with the show and having the laptop and everything. There's like twelve things that I have to take with me. Yeah, my bowl game jersey is one of them. Uh, I like to take my books and my notes and everything from college. I don't know why I still hang on to all this stuff. No, I do too. I have nice all to my textbooks. And be like, yeah. Oh, I used to. I used to like know some shit. Right. <laughs> like I, I've read a, a case study I wrote, like obviously, like almost ten years ago, and I reread it like a week ago, and I was like, "Damn, this boy <laughs> used to be smart as hell." <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, but like that stuff, and like my laptop, and that's it, and my Xbox and my TV. Like those are like I could fit all of that stuff in my Camry. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where I just. And when Savannah and I, when things tensions would run high about the move, I'd be like, well, I'm going in July. Like I can, oh, I've got, you know, almost $5,000 saved. If I moved up there by myself and just rented a room in the middle of fucking like the Har- East Harlem or like, you know, somewhere like that, I could rent a room for 800 bucks a month. It'd yeah. be a shoebox, but I don't give a shit. And I can, and like, she was like, no, we're moving together or we might as well just break. And like, it would turn in because tensions run high when you're yeah. doing something like this. No, the moving of stuff. Like physically dredging up items, like dredges up so much other shit. Yeah. And like feelings and like problems. Like that's just what I've come to realize is like as I'm like digging through stuff. It's yeah. like, cause it's like stuff from your past. Like, you know, there's like physical items and then there's like pictures and there's notebooks and like, yeah, it's like I'm thumbing through like a journal I had when I was in college and I'm like, nope. In the trash. Yeah. Uninterested. Well, that's the other thing, too, is so she's very I'm very disconnected when it comes to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm it's weird because I'm super nostalgic, but I'm the kind of person where like if my house burned down, I'd be like, well, I just got to get a new laptop and a new Xbox. Like I'll miss the other stuff. But it's because when I was in college and I was drinking real heavily and like I would move out on the same day that like our lease was up on the same day I was renewing because, you know, I, I didn't have the money. Yeah. So it's like, well, I can't just rent an apartment for a month and like slowly move my stuff in. Yeah. Like that was not an option. Like it's like, okay, my lease ends on the 31st. So I need to get a new place on like the 31st or the first or whatever it is. And so I would constantly just throw away heaps of stuff when I was moving because I was like, I don't have time like mm-hmm. and just throw it away. So I don't really have a problem with that. But Savannah has held on to a lot of stuff from her childhood. Like there's so much stuff in this house. That's never seen the light of day. Yeah. But we're not going to throw it away because if she wants it, it's hers. So we're going to get a storage unit probably in Jersey or something like that. But it's just like you said, this whole act of dredging up all these things. And then it's when you're in the middle of it, like when I I got three hours of sleep, got up at four o'clock, got to the airport at six. Flight was delayed for like an hour and a half. Landed in New York. Then you have to fucking figure out how to get from JFK. Because when you fly into the city, you're not flying into the city. You're, you're flying into Queens. Yeah. And you have yeah. to figure out how to get to Queens to Manhattan. Yeah. So I ended up, I was running late for my first showing. So I took an Uber. $87. Yeah. For an Uber. And that's why you got to get the taxi. Because they'll... It was a flat, flat rate. flat rate. Yeah. Flat rate. Um, I didn't even think about that. But then I got or, into the city. 
flying to Newark is usually cheaper, and the Ubers are cheaper. That's what we did. Yeah, the, that's what we did the last time we went just to view apartments. We it's went. It's a from, hot tip for listeners. Yeah, if you go from Orlando to Newark, it's one hundred and sixty bucks round trip. Oh yeah, no, I regularly will not fly out of Jacksonville because it is so expensive. I've Jack this one Jacksonville to New York City off days, all that kind of shit, whatever. Yeah. It was like two hundred and eighty dollars round like, trip. Yeah, but then sometimes if you just drive, like when I went to Germany, like I could have flown from like Jacksonville to New York City to Berlin or whatever, and yeah. it was like two thousand dollars. But like Orlando to Frankfurt to Berlin was like you know eight hundred. Yeah, it's insane <laughs> because Orlando's such a massive airport. Yeah. And they've got other airlines like Frontier and Spirit and stuff. So mm-hmm. if you're flying within See, the country. I took Air Berlin. And then when I was in Germany, about two weeks before I had to come home, the airline went out of business. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I had to like scramble to find a flight. Um, and thankfully, I was able I actually got. I cried on the phone to the people at American Airlines and they bumped me up to first class. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. So I had a first class international flight from it was Berlin to london london to charlotte charlotte to jackson all first class the whole all way first class did you get hammered yes and yeah. i was the only Tell that story <laughs> well okay so the the flight attendant was like this older woman wait wait wait, wait. No, no, no no we're gonna bring it you're getting on the plane <laughs> they're like boarding group one and you're like i'm fucking group one yeah did you get on the plane? Was it like international flights? Those are big planes. Those are nice planes. Yeah. Like, so the give first, me the setup. What's happened? The first flight. So Berlin to London. It was it was kind of like it was so it was technically a British Airways flight. So all the flight attendants were just like fucking obnoxious British people. I <laughs> Hello, hate, love. Oh, shut up. I hate it. I hate it so much. I do not like the British. I am anglophobic, as someone once accused me in a Facebook group. Um Anyways, so I'm just in, and it's kind of set up like a standard, like American domestic flight for that one from Berlin to London, because it was only like a couple hours. Um, So it's like, you know, the first three rows are first class seats. And I was able to get my friend bumped up too. Okay. um, Because he was like, I hate Germany and I want to leave right fucking now. And they like overbooked the flight and they were going to kick him off. And I was like, no, he's with me. So then he gets bumped up to first class. I'm just sharing it. You know, yeah, spreading the wealth. Um, yeah, and we had like three glasses of champagne on that leg because they give you drinks right when you sit, don't they? Like I've heard all these uh, stories. Yeah, about. they. It was a little different on that one, and I think the British guy did not like me or my friend. Your Cause, vibe. Well, because like I'm from Texas, he's from Oklahoma, so we're like being loud and yeah. southern, and then they're just like, no. Yeah. Um, That's why we beat you fucking assholes. I was like, and there's a reason why you, we are not of the same country anymore. Hey-o. Um Yeah, so, you know, and we have like a full like English breakfast, which is disgusting, by yeah. the way. The English do not know what a breakfast is. The great Tom Rhodes, very funny comedian, says the Germans should have dropped cookbooks on you motherfuckers. Seriously. Oh, my God. They, it's so bad. But I had like three glasses of champagne and then with the first class flight. So then I land. Then I have about a six hour layover before my flight from London to Charlotte. How long is that flight? London to Charlotte. That was 10 hours. Okay. So this is going to be the big plane. <laughs> heavy duty. Yeah. Here pods. I had pods. But then for my six hour layover, I got into like the, the Admiral's this, Club. Yeah. So, you know, I'm dressed like a 22 year old at an airport so i'm wearing like a cropped sweatshirt leggings i've got on like you know 
some like busted vans, yeah. you know, just a mess. And it's like, I just left Berlin and I'm also like hung over from the night before. And your three glasses of champagne in. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's like we, cause our last night in Berlin, we all got like super drunk and high and we were up to like three in the morning. And I love I, how you were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have any stories. And then this is now <laughs> trending into three different stories we're going to talk yeah. about. Um, we'll I mean, get it back was, to the last night in Berlin. Okay. Yeah. No, that's actually a good one. I took my shirt off and was walking around in a bra. We're going to get back to that one. <laughs> so you're in the Admiral's Club. You look like just a hot mess. And then everyone else is like in suits. Oh, yeah. And ties. And it's funny whenever comedians talk about getting bumped up because they're like, <laughs> yeah, you, what do you do? You're a banker? You trade funds? You're yeah. in the stock market? <laughs> Dick jokes right here, baby. Yeah, Dick jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's like, you know, some guy who's like very clearly like some sort of C-suite, you know, executive. And I'm like, I cried on the phone and they felt bad for me. <laughs> and that's how I'm here. Um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, just a fr like free food. I'm like sitting in the chair, like all weird, like a 22-year-old woman at an airport would do. And then everyone else is like sitting very nicely at their little tables with their laptops. My laptop. And you're like curled up in the chair. And then like my laptop has a sticker that says Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer on it. And like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing, you know, I'm just doing my thing. And, you know, I've got like, you know, a bunch like a blanket and, you know, just it's bad. It's you just look a like mess. you're a homeless person in the Admiral's Club. Yes. Um. And at this point I had, I was like, okay, maybe I'll try to take a nap or something. So I didn't, I didn't drink too much, but I did eat a shit ton of cheese because they had cheese cubes. Yeah. So I had like, I took the whole platter over to my seat because <laughs> I was like, I am entitled to these cheese cubes. Then I get on the, the flight to 10 hours, 10 hour flight. And it's the one with pods. Yeah. What is it? Explain this to me. Cause a friend of mine's a, a flight attendant and sometimes mm -hmm. she'll take pictures on the plane and post them on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm always like, that's. Because I'm always on these fucking two and a half hour domestic flights and anything under like three or four hours, you don't get like a cool, sick, big ass plane. You just yeah. get garbage. Like yeah. connector planes that fit like they only have four rows like total. Right. Um, so, so what is this? Is this like a gigantic? So basically it's like kind of like a little Jetsons pod almost. So it's a it's a seat that has kind of like a, a cover. Mm hmm. And you've got a whole lot of legroom, and it's, it's probably as long as this table is like your amount of space. And holy shit, your like screen is where your la your screen is, and then you can like press a button and it'll lay down flat into a bed, and you can sleep in it. And like the pack, it's like you know, it's a it's a Calvin Klein branded like leather pack that has like toothbrush and toothpaste and a face mask and an and eye mask no, and on like, these big planes there's not very much turbulence right i mean i didn't feel anything because they normally like planes are a lot like boats like the bigger it is the less you feel what's going on around you yeah because i fly like i said a lot of those little connector planes and, and like, it's like mm. a fucking yeah an american the american uh oh yeah that one the that, little one with just like one seat two seats yeah, yeah, yeah it's like 20 rows long yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Those you are think the you're ones, gonna die the whole time? Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna see an Independence Day. Yeah. Like kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Here we yeah. go. Like, Every this time could, you're this landing, could turn into like, a uh, lost uh, scenario at any point in time. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, but I've never been. I can't remember. I think I've flown on a couple of those really big ones, like when they were used as connectors. Mm -hmm. For some reason, like at a bigger airports like Orlando or Charlotte, sometimes if you have a quick flight, you'll be on those big planes because everyone needs to connect. Yeah, but very rarely am I on those. I'm always on those little rinky dink ones. So when you got on there, is there was there a bar on it? No. So it was this one was where first and business class were the same. It's it's only 
business slash first and yeah. then economy. Yeah. Um, so you go in, there's probably 30 pods and lots of aisle space. I mean, all the pods are kind of like separated and staggered. Oh, all the pods are separated. So it's not yeah. like three next to each other. You're not connected to any. You you can't even, while I'm sitting in my pod, I can't see another person. The pods That's are like blocked out. Awesome. Um, and I am people... I am the only woman in this in this area because we all boarded at the same time. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm the only woman. And I'm also the only person not wearing a suit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I sit down and immediately I'm like, I will have a beverage. Um, and the flight attendant, she ended up being from Dallas because it's an American and they're hubbed out of Dallas. And God, I wonder how long she had to be a flight attendant to get that gig. Oh, sweet the first gig. class flight attendant coming out of Berlin or coming oh, out of uh, London. London. Yeah. And like we end up talking and like, you know, her daughter knows people that I know. Of course. And like, you know, I just I'm having a conversation with her because everyone else is being kind of a dick to her. So I'm like, I'm going to. And so she just keeps bringing me wine, champagne. Then she keeps bringing me dessert. So we get a we get a meal. Yeah, it was delicious. You know, people are like eh, airplane food. No, this was tasty. Although apparently, the reason why people think airplane food is bad is at a certain elevation, your taste buds cannot sense things as well. Oh, really? And that's why it's also easier to get drunk on a plane because the the lack of oxygen. Oh, it fucks with your brain. Yeah. So I I probably had like six glasses of champagne uh, pre-meal. Yeah. And then I passed out and I slept while watching Moana. And then she brought me like four desserts. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really, it was just like a nice. It was a nice time. It was a nice time. Just to decompress. Yeah, it was good. And I was just telling her about, we were talking about Berlin and then Dallas stuff. And it was fun. And then I landed I had like a 20 minute amount of time yeah, to get through. I've been in and, that. Because I had to go through customs every single time, right? Oh, shit. So I had to go through customs. You don't get like a little like. Because I was landing in a different time? country each time. Oh. So I yeah. land in Berlin. I land in London, have to go through customs. Then I land in the United States and I have to go through customs at Charlotte. Then finally, I'm in Charlotte and I have, you have to reclaim your bags each time and recheck them, um, even though I was on the same airline or whatever. It's just yeah. like a customs thing. So then I land finally in Charlotte and I have like a one hour flight from Charlotte to Jacksonville. I get in first class. They hand you like a bag of snacks. I mean, I was like, this is a fucking downgrade. <laughs> what I was just on. It sucks. And they hand me a giant bag of snacks, like, you know, smart pop and like yeah. graham crackers and stuff. I hold it and then I immediately like clunk forward and fall and like pass out and sleep the entire flight. Okay. And everyone has left the plane and they have to shake me awake because <laughs> I'm so tired. That is something I'm so fearful of is falling. Like I can't really sleep on planes because of my anxiety and mm. my being a control freak. Like every time the plane just like does a little like, I'm yeah. like, whoa, ah, we're dying. <laughs> right. Well, that's how I normally am too. But I was just so tired because I got no sleep in the last night in Berlin. Then I get... I'm like not really sleeping on the plane because yeah. I'm drunk and then I'm, you know, eating my fancy foods and my desserts. And yeah, then I get uh, get home. And the first thing I actually had my dad bring me because the one thing I missed the most while I was in Germany was a good IPA. They okay. do not have IPAs in Germany. Really? I mean, like kind sometimes, but that's like it's, it's just not that's it, yeah. not like here where there's like all these like craft beers and like. All these different things. So he brought me a 
four pack of the Dogfish Head 90 Minute IPA and I drank it in the car on the way home. There you go. Just keep the party going. <laughs> and then I went to sleep and slept for, I think, like 16 hours. <laughs> Jesus. My thing that I realized um, the most fun I ever had flying was that short window between turning 21, having money to drink on a plane, and having somewhere to go. Yeah. Like that was the because I was always. Oh, we so... also stopped at Hurricanes because I wanted wings. Okay. I was like, this is my return to Jacksonville. I am having wings chicken and wings <laughs> and a beer. That was the thing though. Was like I was always so terrified to fly that I when I could get drunk on planes, I loved it. It was like I was like, we're up in the air, we're going. Like no, I didn't have any fear. But then, when you're like drink the way I drank and like do drugs and get in trouble and everything, you don't really have anywhere to go. Right. Like I'm not I don't have money to go on trips. I'm not I'm not at this point. I think I was out of comedy because I was in and out for so long. And I think at this point I'm out. And even if I'm doing comedy, I'm not like booking flights to New York City to go see like I don't have the money for that because I'm spending it all on like I'm not working um, as much as I could because I want to get drunk all the time. Yeah. So it was weird. I only flew from the age of like 21 where I could drink at an airport and drink on a plane to the age of like 26. I maybe only flew like twice. Yeah. And it was such a waste of like a prime time to fly. Yeah. And now that I'm sober, it's just like I just have to deal with fucking being anxious this entire time. Yeah. And it's the <laughs> worst. It really. Yeah. I we've been on planes. I mean, my first plane trip, I was probably 18 months old. I mean, yeah, my same thing. Yeah. When I was a kid, I flew all the I time. I flew all the time because my dad used to have the South. He flew so much. He had like the Southwest uh free passenger like you get like a, a companion pass yeah to bring like a free person on your That's flights crazy. with you um he had that for like a year and a half i think and um you gotta fly a fuck ton yeah. to get to that level but um you know we just have always been and then when i was in boarding school and then in college it's just always yeah you're always moving always flying always around flying. um but that was the thing was when i was a kid we flew a lot because i would go every summer i'd go up to ohio to visit my grandparents and stuff and when I was a kid, I was the worst on planes. Like I was like white knuckled, like buried in my seat, like crying the whole time. Like yeah. I could not stand it. And then I got a little bit older and I got a little bit better with it. And then in college, obviously, you know, playing ball and stuff, we fly. And there you can't be like you can't be scared because you're surrounded by a bunch of other alpha dudes. Right. So like you just take that fear and you bury it real bury down. down. So inside I'm screaming. But on the outside, I'm just like, yeah, man, totally. <laughs> cool. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. So I actually, I used to be super scared of planes and then I went to flight camp Okay. and like learned how to fly a plane and I was like, oh, easy. Yeah. <laughs> and then well, I got over it. <laughs> that's the thing is um, I had Rob Rowick on here um, who's a, was studying to be a pilot and that's what he says. He was just like, yeah, it's one of those things where once you know how it works and you know the wing's not just going to fall off, yeah. he's like, then you're fine. Because that's actually my biggest concern is just something, a part of the plane just dropping out. Yeah. Like if this this wing falls off, everyone's dead. But even then, it's like because you learn that like even when shit like that happens, there's like shit you can do to not die. Yeah, there's like backup parameters to the and parameters. Because part of the flight test, and I I wasn't flying the plane this time, but I was with the instructor who did this. You stall out the plane, you go into a tailspin, and you recover. That's part of your flight test, oh, like wow. to get your license. So it's like being being in that situation where like this is literally what it would feel like to die, and being like, oh wait, no, you can just 
get out of it. <laughs> oh, God. See, knowing that now, I'll probably be better on planes. <laughs> just like, knowing that information. Yeah, it's just like it's, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, loop, and here we well, go. Well, that's the thing. is like you see anybody, like you, we see it And in that was in and like stuff. a rinky, like prop plane like that's not in like a giant airliner. oh so this wasn't like a simulator like you're in a plane and you stalled it out yeah get the fuck out of here <laughs> yes that's what happened that's terrifying i was like 13 so if you fail everyone's dead yeah but like they know what they're doing you practice it so many times ahead of time that yeah you're like god that's terrifying yeah. speaking of terrifying let's talk about your last night in berlin berlin yeah so do you speak german yeah ich kann a little <laughs> ambition that's a little in German. Oh, I thought Ikan was a little. No, Ikan is I can. Oh, see, I was trying to guess to make you think I spoke German. And it did not. It failed miserably. It Moving failed. on, Berlin. Yeah. Um, so you're over there for just study abroad? Yeah, four months. And I did this thing while we were there, um, which is something I did in college, which I would throw themed holiday parties, but they would be slut themed. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want, or well, at, at that point, D3 athletes, baby. Yeah. So like slutty Halloween. Slutty. That's just Halloween now, but. But there were rules. Oh, okay. Slutty Thanksgiving. That sounds hilarious. Uh, which I called hosegiving. <laughs> and then, of course, the slutty Christmas party, which was triple Xmas. Okay. I right. thought you were gonna go ho ho hoes on that one. Triple oh, that X. was uh, that was workshopped, but we decided triple X mess was better. Um, <laughs> and it was it was always really fun, and we did it in in Germany just because it was kind of like who are you there with? Just a bunch so, of classmates? Yeah, it was like it's so it's at NYU has these like global campuses, so it's at NYU Berlin. It's of a, course, it's of course, NYU. it's at NYU Berlin. Yeah. Um, just a side note: I was walking down the street going to a showing in New York City. There's all these big NYU signs. So I took a picture of it. And I'm like, Daisy, it made me think of you. And you almost had like this, like, Ugh, that's the school of dentistry. Like, that's, that's not, not even. That's not the tone I meant to have. That's not even like out my NYU. And I, and, but I, that's how I read it. And I was like, how big is this fucking college? It's huge. And they're the largest property owners in New York City. So. Yeah. And I believe it. Cause I was on the <laughs> other side of town compared yeah. to like, well, the last time we went there and we stayed in Soho and like did a lot of stuff in that area, I kept running into NYU. Buildings. Yeah. There's a lot of, well, there's a lot of dorms in Soho. Okay. That might and have been. And then also in Chinatown. Yeah. And, and then I was walking in Murray Hill and I see it. And I'm like, oh, NYU, the big purple flag. I got to take a picture and send it to Daisy. And you're like, that's the school of dentistry. That was not the tone I sent it with. I was like, oh, that's the school of dentistry. Like, <laughs> okay. here's a helpful explainer. I totally just read that and I was just like, yeah, you're right. It is. Sorry. No, it was not. Don't. That was not the tone <laughs> I sent it in. It was a friendly. <laughs> it was a friendly tone. So NYU Berlin. Berlin. Um, <laughs> so you're there with people you know. So these aren't like total strangers. Well, yeah. So some of them I knew from my German classes, but then some of them I had never met before. A lot of them were in like the music production school. Oh, okay. Because um, there's like different. Uh, each global location has like a specialty, so different programs have to go there as part of their degree. Okay. Um, and they want everyone at NYU to study abroad at least once. So that's there's a there's a major that actually you study abroad almost your whole time. So you're at a different global campus. It's got to be super expensive. It's, I mean, it's the same cost. It's actually, it was cheaper for a semester of NYU Berlin than it was for NYU regular. <laughs> of course it was. Um, but, NYU, you know. Is that a, I'm, you probably said this last time. That's a public school, correct? Technically? No. It's a private school. It's a private school. Okay. 
Um, but then they also have like, so they have a bunch of global campuses that are study abroad sites. Um, so like I also spent time at the one in DC. Um, I did a summer there and a, and a January class term. Um, and then there's also been, um, then they also have two other main campuses that you can get degrees at. So that's NYU Abu Dhabi and NYU Shanghai. Of course. <laughs> so we had kids from Abu Dhabi and Shanghai in Berlin. So it's kind of like everyone can come to one of these global and sites. And now the study abroad situation is that you just are immersed in the culture? Are you actually not taking at all. classes? It's, are you? <laughs> it's just NYU in another Okay, country. so you're not really leaving the campus. You're not really doing No, the... you are. Like, So it just depends on your level of engagement. So okay. like... So for some people, like, they have to go because it's in their degree program, so they don't necessarily go do all the other German stuff. Yeah. But then there's, like, German language immersion trips that you take. There's cultural... Like, I took every single weekend trip that they offered. Isn't like, it weird that us as Americans have German language immersion courses? And then when people come to this country as, like, immigrants and things like that, they just know other languages. Like, yeah. Like, that's... That's bananas to me is that yeah. people like study it in college for years and like go abroad and have to get immersed in the culture and stuff. And then like my grandmother who came over here from Serbia speaks four, four or five languages just off rip, just yeah. knows them. Yeah. I mean, and that also has to do with how they teach languages in other countries starting at an earlier age. Yeah. So it's like, you know, then I'm like, well, I'm fucked. It's just so you funny know? to me where you're like German immersion. And it's like my grandmother speaks German. She's yeah. not even she's from she's from Serbia, which is way east yeah right but um you know you go on like a bike trip and it's all in german or then you know there were times that you go visit another city for a weekend and they're paying for it so it's like you don't have any out-of-pocket costs so oh that's awesome i would go on all these trips every single time they popped up because i was like i'm not gonna pass up you know yeah and why would you i mean if well, the school's other, gonna cover yeah. it and it's in your tuition and then... other kids would be like going to like morocco for the weekend or like we're gonna go to spain or we're gonna it's like i mean cool if you want to pay the money even though it is way cheaper to fly around yeah. europe in europe um you know i went to ireland and then i went to gotta uh, visit the homeland it's, i'm not irish at all zero irish <laughs> none of it zero <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Zero Irish. <laughs> My family is French. Yeah, totally French. Can totally see it. Hundred percent French. Um, they were Huguenots <laughs> that fled religious persecution and became fur trappers in the United States. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you're being serious. Yes, I'm being 100% serious. <laughs> That's cool. Just your alabaster skin and your uh, bright, bright red hair. kind of. Okay, the French are also pale. <laughs> <laughs> the French have recessive genes. That is true. That is true. 100%. Name of the episode, 100% not Irish. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not Irish. Um, yeah, I went and visited, and then I took like a bus up to Hamburg and visited some... Like we used to have exchange students when I was in high school. We had two German exchange students. So I went and visited them. Oh, that's them. cool. Like, yeah. I danke. Mm. Or whatever it is they say in German. Yeah. That was thank you. Yeah. Okay. I know that. Uh, just checking. That's um, all I know. Danke. <laughs> well, I know a couple other things from studying history, but those aren't things you're allowed to say on hot microphones. Exactly. Um, especially not in Germany. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, is it? It's frowned upon over there? 
it is more than frowned upon. Really? It is illegal to really? to be a Nazi in Germany. Huh. Fully illegal. Fun fact, did you know Hitler is not even uh, German? Yes. Austrian. Oh, I, I know you would know that. That's more for you <laughs> listeners. Um, wait. Hang on. Sidebar. We're going to get into your last night in Berlin. <laughs> but as a student of history, I find this fascinating. So they're not... I kind of want to take it down this road, even though it's probably ill-advised. Okay. So they lose a war mm-hmm. in a horrific manner. Yeah. And the, the League of Nations, then the UN, uh, strips them of everything. Mm-hmm. And they don't have statues like... So they remember, don't... No, they, ha- no, they have lots of... I mean, they have a big, what they call, like, remembrance culture, especially in Berlin. Okay. So, I mean, everywhere you walk, literally everywhere. I mean, there's gold stepping stones on the sidewalks to mark where Jewish people lived who were killed in the camps. Okay. And so, I mean, every and there's memorials to all different types of victims of the Holocaust. But these are victims. They but, don't celebrate. And it's not like in the United States where we have, like, Confederate That's where monuments. I was going. None of that. I mean, it is... Everything is, is I, I can't stricken. remember where I heard it, but it was like it was probably a comic on a podcast. But they're like, if you lose, like, why would you want to remember that? No, all that shit is torn down. Uh, all that was is replaced with remembering victims. The victims, okay. I mean, it is which makes a lot more sense in my in my opinion. Which yeah, is, I mean, it's it's to the point where it's like, I mean, literally anywhere you turn, it's you know, never forget. It is it is truly like you you all need to be a hundred percent aware of what this country did. Okay. Um, it's very interesting coming from America and, and seeing that. And how we like, bury a lot of that stuff? Well, how we do the opposite, where it's like, look how proud we are of yeah. these these people that owned slaves and uh, did a war for their state's rights to own slaves. Like, <laughs> it's so... Yeah, it's yeah. and it's it's one of those things. Um, I've got that book, Free Soil, Free Labor, Free Men by McPherson. And it's, it's really crazy because in that he talks about, like, it's just entries from letters about, like, people, you know basically saying like i'm gonna have to kill my brother but and you read these and how they spoke in in the time and you're just like that's like how do you think that this is okay and now fast forward you know a couple hundred years and people are like that's just my heritage it's like you have no idea what the fuck no, you're talking no about. concept yeah but so in germany it's quite the opposite they yeah. celebrate the victims and want to remember mm-hmm. and almost have a almost like a black cloud over their heads constantly for what they have done. Oh yeah. And it's, it's not just like, I mean, the Holocaust is a, is a huge part of that, but it's also like the Berlin wall. And like, there's all these like memorials to people who were shot trying to cross the wall. And there's, you know, these big installation art pieces to like, remember the wall and, and there's sections that are still up. And it's, I mean, it's, there's just a very, it is a culture that is very aware of its history in a way that the United States has never been and it's really fascinating that is that this is something i find fascinating and also um for those of you listening i know daisy knows this but germany once again is the strongest uh, economy in europe it's where yes. the european bank is germany yeah i mean they they have it's a very interesting case study to look at germany just germany and- in, in just its recent history going mm-hmm. from the first world war getting stripped of everything and then this austrian this plucky austrian chancellor i don't know if i'd use in. the word plucky this uh what, what is, <laughs> <laughs> this i mean it's like it's like the yeah. guy the guy could get a crowd going is all i'm trying to say i'm not saying that's not plucky 
this knucklehead, okay. this chancellor, and this knucklehead comes in from Austria, gets elected to chan- was elected by yeah. the people. Yeah. To fix the fact that they were torn way down and was like, no, never again, never again are we going to do this. Anyway, we're going to get off this topic. We'll get back to the last night in Berlin. But it is a fascinating case study. Yeah. Anybody out there listening who has any interest in history because they go from one of the strongest countries to a weak country back to To one of the strongest. Way stronger than anybody anticipated. In fact, they were getting... And meetings, Although, war meetings say, before World War II, they were getting laughed out saying like Germany's not going to do anything. The New York Times right now has a very interesting podcast series called Day X. It's on like the daily where they're talking about there's like a kind of like in many countries right now, a surge of the far right. Um, there's a there's a far right surge happening mm-hmm. in Germany right now. And they actually just um, they're arresting and prosecuting a former German soldier like current. German soldier for domestic terrorism because he was doing like alt right shit. Oh wow! So very, it's called Day X. It's very interesting. So shout out Day X. Check that out. Anyway, back to <laughs> what this podcast is about. Sorry. <laughs> Every time you and I get together, we always do this, but I enjoy it. And you guys just learned something. So you know what? Yeah, it's a taste of the NYU education. Yeah. Well, I'm public school, of Florida, but go Owls. Oh. <laughs> um, I so, don't know what our mascot is. <laughs> NYU, isn't it? Um, it's either the violets we did this last or time. the bobcats. I know we did this last time. So. Um, so you're in Berlin. You're doing all these tours. You're seeing everything. Um, and then talk about the last. So the sex parties or not sex parties, <laughs> the sexy parties. So there are sex parties in Berlin. I didn't go to one. There's okay. like sex clubs and stuff. Now, um, is this something that um, other uh, like classmates are doing or is this just something you guys hear about? Oh, other classmates are doing it. And then I'm bobcat. Just... Bobcat is the answer. Oh, okay. But I don't think we that was never a thing. I just typed an NYU mascot and it says Bobcat. Okay. I think they say go violets, but the mascot is some sort of cat. Yeah. It's a according to this, it's a bobcat. I had no clue. Um anyway, so we're having yeah, the triple Xmas party. But yeah, sex party, like hang sex on, clubs. Hang on, I'm sorry. We'll get back to the sex parties. Everyone's like, nobody gives a shit about this. Get back to the sex parties. All right. So for more than a century, NYU athletes have worn violet and white colors in competition and have carried the resulting nickname, the Violets, with pride. Today, the Bobcat mascot symbolizes both NYU's academic and athletic tradition. So they were just nicknamed the Violets, but the Bobcat is the actual mascot. Okay. So sex parties, Berlin. Yeah. So there's like sex clubs um, because clubbing is really big in Berlin, um, which I've seen your road trip. Okay, <laughs> not the same, <laughs> but um, those were fun. I mean, I would I would go clubbing not as frequent. Like some people went every night. Um, I did not go that frequently. I mean, the there's no like there's no open container laws in Berlin, so you can just like walk around and drink. So, yeah. I mean, pretty regularly, like we'd go to a club. Eighteen is the drinking age, I assume. Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Um, for for beer and then eighteen for liquor. Um, but yeah, so you know, you go to a club. You know, on Friday night, you get a stamp. Uh, you stay until Saturday at like 8 a.m., go home, eat, shower, get dressed again, go back to the same club with your stamp because the parties are like two to three days long. Get the fuck out so, of here. So then you go back to the club. So, um, what is it? Just a lot of like, it's just more like, bum, 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 yeah, bum, we it's love just that. it. But everyone's just sitting there, like, dancing, like, swaying. Like, there's no... It's just, like, it's not... It's not how, like, clubbing is in the United States. It's just heavy techno music. People are there to see the DJs. Okay. And then drink 
gin and tonics. So big music culture. Yeah. Like they just want to hear the DJ. Yeah. And like, you know, there's also like lots of drugs at those. And then the, the fetish clubs and the sex clubs that mean people are like having sex. Well, but yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, I was like, I am not comfortable with that. I grew up Southern Baptist. I will be staying home. Have fun, guys. So you Use had protection. friends going to sex clubs? Oh, yeah. What was that like? Like when they come back? Like to me. It's weird. Oh, the worst story I heard. So this yeah, guy went to the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> guy went to the bathroom and people are like, hey, if it's comfortable with you, would you be, you can just, can you just pee on me? Like if you're going to be peeing anyways, will you just pee on me? It's like my fetish. <laughs> and they're like, uh, I mean, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. then like in some of them, I forget which club this was, but there's like the, the place to pee is a like kind of a metal grate. And there's just like, like people underneath. Ah, I don't like where this is going. Yeah. Um, not. I'm not fetish shaming anybody. I just. I am. I don't. I am. It's gross. <laughs> Every time I told Savannah this when we first got together, I was like, whatever you want to do, as long as it's not poop and pee. Yeah. Well, a lot of pee. All the stories I heard were pee related. Well, so. and then, yeah, Germany's really known. I mean, I don't know if it's just like a stereotype or what but whenever people talk about poopy porn it's always german stuff i didn't know that but i'm excited i'm, I'm plugged in i'm plugged into you're the plugged in okay so <laughs> german word <laughs> so you guys are partying a lot during the, your whole stay there yeah what was the last night like was that like a big blowout yeah so that was the that was the triple xmas party okay uh, i was on the same last night oh um, yeah because you're there for the that the fall semester yeah so this was december i want to say night. 18th or 19th that we're leaving okay so last night we're throwing the Chris the slutty christmas party um we made spiked hot chocolate Ooh. um which i was always in charge of the drink menu so i always came through spiked hot chocolate sounds good yeah what did you spike it with um i don't remember i just got whatever the cheapest thing was at the grocery store probably like some vodka or something yeah i mean i used to get fucking blasted in germany off of 99 cent vodka that I got at Lidl, which is the, it's like an even shittier version of Aldi. I was like right next to the dorm and it would freeze when you put it in the freezer and it tasted like jet fuel. <sighs> and it would make, one time I had, I drank a whole handle of it and I was hungover for three days. Yeah. It's called alcohol poisoning. Yeah. It was bad. Um, and then I also got, I did get alcohol poisoning, actual alcohol poisoning at a different, from, from the gin in Germany in Germany also from like rush to the hospital kind of situation yeah I had to go to the hospital there were like four of us that had to go because um, <laughs> we all gin. It, it was just bad it was yeah. just bad not clarified or fully alcohol well, in gin you have to be careful with because there's so many botanicals and stuff in it that that yeah. could go that could go sideways real quick yeah um, so I couldn't even drink gin the rest of the time I was there which yeah, upset me because I'm a gin fan really yes that's my Mint julep? that is my is my preference gin is my preference it would be um, but then I went to a cl- <laughs> thanks I, don't I went to yeah because that's then I, the school of dentistry <laughs> that's not the tone <laughs> I'm here but with I, my gin and tonic you Stupid, stupid plebeian. Um, moving on. Um, so, Triple X Miss. Yeah. So, you know, it gets really, we're all wearing sweaters because it's cold outside. And I was wearing a. I thought that part of the world it was flipped. Oh, no. That's the Southern Hemisphere. I'm sorry. That's Australia. That would be if I was at NYU Sydney. Okay. Uh, I was not. Um, <laughs> NYU Berlin, which is basically the same weather as New York City. <laughs> 
I thought it would slip there. God, I, I amaze myself sometimes. How many concussions have you had? Eight majors. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, so we're just getting, um, you know, getting getting trashed. It's my flight's at five in the morning, so we got to leave at four. Yeah. Um, and there's places where people, you know, people have gotten weed, like figured out, you know, of course all the stoners figured out where to buy weed, like immediately. Yeah. It's just something um, you just feel it when you get there. I, I don't, I've never like illegally bought drugs. Okay. So I'm like, I just have no, I'm like, I have no, you don't con- have a radar for it. I yeah. have no fucking clue. I'm, I'm not like, a big weed guy. And those are normally like the chiller people, but I can, I could spot you a heroin dealer in a second. No, I have no fucking clue. I could, I could, I have no idea. No concept. No one ever offered me anything so i'm just kind of like well (laughs) okay (laughs) um but yeah so just i had probably five or six hot chocolates i got super hot and then i just took my sweater off and was just walking around so my bra and jeans but we're inside we're inside um and everyone is like why do you have your shirt off and i was like i'm hot and then I got into like three fights. And they're like, yeah, but why do you have your shirt off? Oh, <laughs> hey, oh, <laughs> perfect politics, super hot girl. That's me. Um, and then I got into like three fights with people. I confronted all the dudes I had tried to hit on while I was staying there. Yeah. All the other guys like at NYU Berlin. Love it when you do shit like this. And I was I've like, you do shit like this. And I was I like, why, why didn't you text me back? Will. What did, what did Will say? He was like, why are you being mean to me? And I was like, you know why? You know why. And he's like, what's your beef with me? And I was like, you know my beef with you. And like I did that like That's fun. To like two other people. Um Burn my bridges. Yeah. Uh, then the I, bridges we burn light the way. Then I got high. Ooh. And then Plot twist. Yeah. Uh which was only like the third. I mean, I don't I just don't get I know, high that often. Why. So it was like the third time I'd done it while I was in Berlin because the people I was friends with mainly were Stoners. Stoners. Um, and then I went back to my dorm room. Then I broke the sink in my bathroom cause I sat on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I overslept and we had to rush to the airport, but you still got your flight. But I still that got my first flight. Class flight. And baby. then I got my They'll first hold class a plane for a first class passenger. They really will. But I, I, we, the plane hadn't even like pulled in by the point I got there. Like they weren't even letting people in yet. So that's I was the like, thing that's so frustrating is they're like, we don't need to, the to rush two hours before. And then like. My flight to New York, I was so concerned about being late because it was at six in the morning that I left here. It's only a 30 minute drive, but I left here at like 445 because I was like, I got to get through security. Got to make sure everything's right. It's Jacksonville. It took yeah. me seven minutes to get through security. Yeah. No, I love how close I live to the airport now because I'm like, I can just leave like 45 minutes before. Like I'm yeah. the person who's like, I only need like 30 minutes to get through. When I got to um, when I. I was having so many problems with the subway and the um, mm-hmm. air train and everything on my way to uh, to JFK that that one because I was visiting that apartment right before I went. So that one I had to leave by five. I didn't get on the, the train until like 540 yeah. to like start heading that way. So I'm like, shit, I'm cutting it way too close. But JFK is a busy airport. Yeah. So when you get there. All of a sudden, you hit that security wall. It's not like Jacksonville. Even Orlando goes pretty quick because there's so many people. Yeah. But JFK, it's just like, and you're like, uh. So I was like running to the gate, and I got there, and we still had like 40 minutes before we left. Yeah, I, I, 
big believer in not rushing unless they're like calling people over the intercom. Yeah. Yeah. The only time that's ever happened to me was Charlotte. Yeah. I, they were over the intercom. Charlotte is a inefficient airport. Yeah. Because their times are always so whack compared to everything else. And it's like, oh, this is convenient. It's only like a 30 minute layover. It's like, yeah, but if one little thing goes wrong on the plane and you're stuck on the tarmac for 15 minutes, you missed your flight. Yeah. And that's what happened to me in Charlotte when I was coming from Dayton mm-hmm. was that whole like final boarding call, flight, blah, blah, blah to Jacksonville. And I'm like sprinting. Yeah. Like, wait, wait. That's when you got to get your flight attendant to call their flight. It's, yeah. gotta, it's a whole thing. That's a that was a mess. But yeah. You made it to the airport. You made it back to NYU. Mm-hmm. Now, while you're at NYU, this is a story that I've been deeply interested in. Yeah. Because you brought it up. We're all standing outside. I can't remember if it was Rain Dogs or Paper Root or somewhere. But you started telling someone this story. And I said, wait a second. You've been on my show before. <laughs> and this never came up. Yeah. So this was my first year at NYU. Okay. So um, this is before Berlin. This is before, this is before Berlin. And... Um, you know, I, I was a D1 athlete at Kansas. And then when I went to um, NYU, I joined their club rowing team. Yeah. We did um, talk about that last time. Which I was like, this will be fun. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, There's only one division one uh, sport, sport at NYU. Fencing. And it is fencing. I remember. Yeah. I listen. When you talk, I listen. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you know, that's something I feel like the men in this scene all respect me, which I am cool with. But sometimes I wish it's a little too respectful. Everyone's listening a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could stand to be disrespected a little bit. But moving on. It's just a beef I have. Um just saying. So <coughs> excuse me. So I we all decided to go to a, like a student athlete party at NYU. Um Not and how it's, parties work there because in at FAU, it's it's houses, dorm rooms, things like that. So I assume the dorm room party dynamic is pretty much the same. But it's still fucking New York City. Yeah. Like for those of you listening who have never been, take it from me. Like, you'll turn a corner and there's a building for NYU, but it's still in a New York City neighborhood. Even if it's a nice neighborhood, there's still sketchy fucking people around there. Yeah, so this was not at a... Any house, like I would go to like apartment parties, like house parties type stuff. Yeah. And it's just crowded. I mean. Because those apartments aren't very big. Because imagine a regular house party with a third of the space. Yeah. You know, same Ooh. amount of people. Just fucking sweaty, disgusting. I, I Like one of those Berlin sex sex clubs. Sure. I wouldn't know, but sure. Um, you said sweaty, disgusting. So that's what I want. <laughs> um, and I bet they're probably pretty well air conditioned. <clears throat> the sex clubs it seems like they would care about comfort yeah yeah more so than college students at nyu yes i didn't have ac in my dorm so that was a big sticking point was when i was looking at apartments was finding ones with those little ac units in them. yeah it's hard uh, i mean you can always get one but it's yeah. still like ugh, i don't want to do that but i was not even allowed to put a window unit in my dorm because it was the eco dorm so we couldn't Ugh. have a, I know we couldn't have that. We, Congrats, there was an, ele- there, was an el- <laughs> there was an elevator we couldn't use. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> just, and I was on like the third floor. I was like, this is a fucking nightmare. Um, sometimes I would just go into the stairwell and just sit there and be like, fuck, this I, can't, place. I can't do it. Not I'll, today. I'll fake an injury. And then my friend broke her leg and they still made her take the stairs. They wouldn't let her take the elevator. Wow. Yeah. That's how committed to being eco-friendly Fuck the planet, okay? Fuck the wow! Fuck the planet. You Let me use first. the goddamn elevator. <laughs> um, so we we all go to this student athlete shebang, 
and it's um it's in a building that is under construction okay complete complete it's a huge apartment but completely empty so and still kind of being built so or under renovated construction, are they renovating it or are they just building so it? they're renovating and then adding to the top so okay. there's scaffolding there's where's this at this this was in a weird spot. I mean, I want to say it was like a little bit south of Midtown. I mean, okay. it was not in an NYU area. Yeah, because the N- NYU almost like uh, sticks to the out- outer outer banks, like Murray Hill. Uh, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, it's mostly centralized around Washington Square Park and then okay. south. And then, it but there's some, blew, there's some, out. there's a, a location right by Union Square. There's the Palladium, which used to be a nightclub, and then they turned it into their athletic center slash dorm slash dining hall. And then there's also some stuff like the med school and the yeah, di- and the I've dental the school, school are, are more up. But okay, this is in a weird spot, and but it was you know somebody on whatever D three team there. <laughs> knew someone or maybe you just walk around with disdain i know we did touch on it last time but you're just like i went from being a division one oh absolutely athlete to a club rower well because then at this party right these guys are like oh what sport you do i'm like oh i'm i'm a rower they're like oh that's a club team and i was like fuck you i was a division one athlete at the university of fucking kansas i was a recruited division one scholarship athlete and they're like well you you know one now and i'm like because i was raped Because I was, I had to leave. I don't know we're not supposed to laugh at that. But I that's get, like doing a your mama joke and the guy's like, my mom's dead. <laughs> but people would be so hostile towards me about it. So I, of course, would. Um, did you throw that out there? Did you say, yeah, because I was raped? Yeah. And I did not make a lot of friends at this yeah. party. Yeah. But so Fuck we em. we show up a little bit late and everyone's already trashed. They're already out of alcohol because all these D three motherfuckers don't know how to plan a party with an appropriate amount of alcohol yeah. for athletes who binge drink. Yeah, it's like should have called me. Us D one athletes. I would have you, you two handles per person per person. <laughs> that's once we get going, then you'll have leftovers potentially. Yeah. So that's so the next gotta, day when you wake up, hair of the dog, hair of the dog. So it's like none of these people have any dynamics of how a athlete party works. And the fact that they called it an athlete party also bothered me. I'm like, yeah. none of you really know what athleticism looks like. Okay. Maybe the fencers maybe. At, an, at an Olympic level. Sure. But yeah. not right now. Oh. So it's so weird. The amount <laughs> like the, the drop off between D one athletes even if you go to a smaller d1 school yeah like fau if you put them up against like any especially now with the recruiting that they've done any d2 or under school they would destroy them yeah and people are like well what about mount union they're d3 and they've won like a thousand it's like no like the level of athlete is so significantly different. different it's the difference between you know your freshman jv squad and your your senior varsity. Yeah, exactly. It's that. Lo- it's just a. It's a difference in skill, ability. It's like talent. when people say like, "Oh, this college team might be able to beat the worst pro team." It's like there's no fucking way. Yeah. And there's no way. No way. Like the difference. So you're at a D three athlete party. And, it's, and there's so these people. They're out. <laughs> well, and this is where the joke about me going up to the guy who was like six ten. Yeah. The fucked up face, shoulder length, red hair. And I was like, I was trying to hit on him. And then he was like, fuck off. 
He was also you're wearing. You're me, but stronger. You're me, but stronger. Um, but then everyone at this party is like out on the scaffolding and on the fire escape, which like you are not supposed to do. And the people running the party are like, you guys have to come inside. No one's coming inside. So, so is that a New York thing where you're not supposed to be out on the fire escape unless it's like an emergency or? Right. But they're out on the scaffolding, too, which is the bigger Because it's problem. under construction. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not you're 100 percent not supposed to be on the scaffolding. And also they're, they're being loud. They're screaming. They're playing music. They're being and this boisterous. is an apartment. So there's neighbors up. There's, yeah. There's people left, around, right, up, down, across, whatever. Yeah. People are mad. They, so they call the cops and. Everyone, as soon as they hear the cops are going, sprints out, which as a student athlete who's been to a house party, that's not what nope, you do. That is not what you do. So like 30 drunk as shit girls run out and they all get arrested. Yep. And you just sit there. We're just chilling. And like what you have to do, you send out your most two, three most sober people and figure you, this out and you go talk to the cops and you say, hey, man. I'm sorry. We'll turn on the music. We'll make sure everyone gets off the scaffolding. I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then that way, all your friends don't get fucking arrested. Yeah. Especially if you're with other athletes, you're trying to mitigate the the damage to your other athletes. I mean, I remember at Kansas, they handed me a card with like num like they were like, here's a here's a sheet, and you can't keep it, but I'm gonna leave it here if you want to take a picture of numbers of people to call if you get in trouble. And it's like, you know. Oh, yeah. We had that meeting, too. And it's, you can't keep the card, but you can take a picture. It's yeah. like, I'm just going to leave the room. Wink, wink. And, like, you know, you're supposed to, like, write down the information. And, you know, it's lawyers. It's doctors. It's it's all sorts of different people. A lot people. of people who happen to be boosters of the program as well. Yeah, just a lot of people who are there to help you if you get in trouble. But there's nothing like that for the for the D3 students. No. And no one ever told them. They don't even know what a booster is. No clue. And, and, and like they have no concept of like how to get out of trouble or how to do things that like will prevent you from hurting yourself or others in any way, whether that be physically or reputation wise or whatever. And so it ends up that like the whole party gets busted. I mean, people are getting arrested like left and right. And then I'm like, we are going out through the back and like I like take us downstairs I'm like we have to look so normal yeah every like take off your hats just like be boring and bland so when you say out the back because there's no back doors you're in a building well so there was a there was a door that there were two doors at this apartment because it was like a nice place so there's like a a lot of times they'll take two apartments and knock down walls and make it one apartment that's that's kind of was the vibe here this was a huge build slash renovation so basically we went through the back door to exit on the other street and um we did not get arrested but um i remember just being like so angry at them at all these other people i'm like rookie shit yeah rookie mistakes rookie shit like we are all drunk but like there's someone here who's less drunk than other people have like just just like, what's going on what's going on officer and it's like very clear also Sorry, that there's we'll no like frat bros at this party yeah. that would have known to do that too and it's like it just i don't know it just really bugged me because then all these people who were athletes at nyu all are fucking getting arrested, arrested yeah. and it was like a big fucking deal and everyone got in trouble and it was like you could have not gotten in trouble had you because li- i remember i was standing at the door and i was like do not leave you will get arrested <laughs> Stay, if you leave nobody move 
Yeah. Was, and they were like, I have to, I'm, 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 I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying, but you absolutely, you absolutely should not you leave. You cannot go out there. Um, and, and then they didn't follow my advice. Yeah. It's interesting because when I, um, I remember very specifically a very, very specific house party we were at. And I just remember this cause it was at off, it was off campus at one of the seniors house. This is in college. And I'm thinking I'm a freshman or a sophomore. It was an upperclassman's house. And I remember the cop showed up and all the younger kids ran. Yeah. And then there's the upperclassmen and the, the athletes. We were all just kind of sitting and they, well, I remember when the cops showed up, they looked at us and they were like, do not, we're not doing anything wrong. You guys just hang out. Yeah. And I, my first instinct was like, oh my God, we got to go. And they're like, just sit the fuck down. Yeah. And then the cops came in the house. They're like, hey, what's going on? And then they're talking to them. They're like, well, everyone's got to leave. And then they're arguing with the cops. They're like, no, this is my house. We're of age, even though most of us weren't. But they're like, we're of age. We're hanging out. Like, you can't. Like, we'll let all the tertiary people, like, go. But these are these are fellow, like, teammates. Like, they're not leaving. Yeah. And the cops were like, all right, well, as long as everyone else gets out of here. And I was like, you can fucking do that? You can do that. I mean, it's just, especially when it comes to, like, them breaking up, like, drunk parties and shit like they don't care that much but if you're gonna make a problem yeah then they're making it your problem too that's exactly what they're looking for if you're gonna make a big that's why i get so frustrated when people want to argue or get loud which is ironic because i used to be the most argumentative loud person but now that i'm sober even before i got sober even when i was just like wanting to drink by myself if i'd go to a bar for some reason but other people around me were getting loud i'd be like like why the like what the fuck you're just inviting problems now yeah because you want to be argumentative and you need to be the center of it oh look at me which is again ironic seeing as what we do as comedians but like at the same time it's like just chill the fuck out well and maybe you can relate to this too i mean i like people especially when i like do comedy people like expect me to be like on all the time as a person and i'm like "Uh uh-uh i can totally relate to that I'm not going to be on with some random motherfucker who yep. recognized me on the street. Oh my God, this guy recognized me at um, the show on Thursday. And he came up to me and he's like, I've seen you do comedy. You, you, I like you so much more because you do the real shit. You're, ta- you're saying the truth. You're doing the true shit. And I was like, when have I ever <laughs> spoken quote truth to power unquote and i went backstage to complain to buck and he's like well when you first started and you're doing all those rape jokes i mean that's pretty that's from truth telling and i'm like but when have i done that in the last like year yeah, when this guy would when he would recognize me yeah and i was like i am not i am not that person like 24 7 and i'm absolutely not that person like when i'm not on stage yeah it really bothered me i'm like i am unimportant nothing i say adds value that's a big thing that happens. It's interesting you bring that up because at work, <clears throat> Matt Anderson, big friend of the show, uh, been on the show before. But at work, when new people start, I always bring up the comedy thing. And then they're like, oh, you do comedy? And Matt will always be like, yeah, you couldn't have guessed that, could you? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because I'm not that this the, my stage presence isn't the same thing. Like when I'm walking around, like given the things I want to talk about, I'll talk about like off stage. Yeah. Like my alcoholism and like drug addiction and things like that. Like I'll talk about that whenever. But the actual like, <laughs> hey, like the high energy, like, yeah. what the fuck? Like that's I'm 
I channel it on stage more to be like a fun, high energy thing. When I'm off stage, it's mainly like anger. Like anger is my default setting. Yeah. So you would never guess like I'm a happy like comedy. But guy. then I kind of have the opposite. Where like one somebody told me, which I think is kind of true, although I don't. That was not my aim. But they're like the the you're always funnier when you seem like you hate everyone in the audience. Yeah. And when that you is have true. just like this indignant like. When you f- get up there and someone like shouts something out and you're just like. Ugh. Yeah, and I love that. But it always ends up having like great energy. But then you know, sometimes people will be like afraid to talk to me because they think I'm like mean or something. And well, it's we like, talked about it the first episode. I I thought you hated me for the longest time. Yeah, but people think of that about me, and it's like I'm not nice, but I'm not mean. You got that New York energy, baby. I, I but I mean, I've always been like that. Where it's like I'm not gonna go out of my way to talk to somebody who you know I've seen do comedy twice, but like I'm not gonna be mean to you when you do talk to me. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I mean, but like, you can't be intimidating. I know we, yeah, we I mean, like there was a guy, so my first show bag of rain dogs, um, like I did a set and it went okay. And this guy came up to me and he was like, you know, you're going to get there. And I was like, excuse oh me. Oh my God. I'd fucking murder. Somebody. I was like, excuse me. And he was like, yeah, you know, you'll, I've been doing this for about six months and like, you just got to keep writing. Like you'll get there. Who was it? Please tell me. Who I don't it was. even know who it fucking was. Cause I've never seen him again. So, and he's like sitting there lecturing me and then probably a creative veins fucker. Probably. Um, so then Trevor's sitting there and then Marcus was there too. I'm pretty sure. And they both just kind of look at this guy. Like you should really put those words back to your mouth. Like, <laughs> and like they kind of were expecting me to like blow up at this guy, which like if I was on stage, like maybe in a situation like that, I would blow up, but I was kind of like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep writing. Thanks for the advice. Thanks for the tip. And I mean, just, I don't know. There's all these new people that have started and I hate all of them. Yeah. And I hope they all hear this they will. and they know that I hate them. All of them. All of them. Good. I can't, well, I don't, they can't think of one that I, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the episode. <laughs> Plug everything one more time. Um, You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. At Fat Steve Buscemi. At Fat Steve Buscemi. That is where you can find me on social media. Um, I post shows um, when I'm doing shows on all those. Um, I've been recognized from my apparently funny Instagram stories several times over the last week. So there you go. Get you some. Something to keep in mind. Boom. Beautiful. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Follow me on all social media at Brennan T. Comedy. Check out the website, BrennanTComedy.com. Um, no dates coming up. The farewell to Florida tour will be over when you hear this. So I have no dates for the foreseeable future. I'm going to be focused in on working a little bit more, saving up some money and getting ready for the move. Next time I do, I might tag a couple open mics here and there while I'm still in town, but no big shows until I get up to New York city. Um, subscribe rate and review. Also subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Brennan Tassif. And also, if you really like the show or if you just mildly like it, go check out the merch. We have an awesome merch store. I wear the shit all the time because it's actually super comfortable. BrennanTComedy.com slash merch store. Thank you again so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you to my guest, Daisy Tackett. It's a Tackett Tuesday attack, baby. Tackett Tuesday. (laughs) Talk to you all next week.